I'm Lauren Berry, and this is Odyssey's On Deadline podcast, where we take a deeper look at top stories out of our radio newsrooms across the country. On Deadline today is the historic disarray in the House of Representatives. For the first time since our form of government was ratified in 1788, the Speaker of the House has been removed from their position. Former Speaker Kevin McCarthy, a Republican, was removed last week thanks to a small, hard-right faction from his own party called the Freedom Caucus. And now, no one seems to know what happens next. What we do know is that Republicans narrowly nominated Representative Steve Scalise of Louisiana Wednesday over Representative Jim Jordan of Ohio. Scalise's candidacy was then headed to the House floor, where divisions in the GOP have been causing chaos. In the House, it seems like things are changing every minute. A war broke out in the Middle East this weekend after Hamas launched a massive attack at Israel, and there was no Speaker of the House from the United States, their historic ally, to respond. Without a Speaker, the House is unable to pass any legislation, including emergency aid to Israel. As the conflict threatens to escalate, the clock is ticking. So far, two GOP lawmakers have emerged as possible successors to McCarthy. One is House Majority Leader Steve Scalise, a Republican from Louisiana, and the other is House Judiciary Committee Chair Jim Jordan, an Ohio Republican. But here's the rub. Scalise and Jordan have both been endorsed by numerous GOP lawmakers. With the conference divided, it's unclear who can become the speaker. The dilemma comes into focus with a look at Florida Republican Matt Gates. He was the motivating factor behind McCarthy's ouster, successfully rallying seven hardliners to support him. He accused McCarthy of several things, including negotiating a secret deal with Democrats on Ukraine funding. Now, Gates has not endorsed anyone for the speaker's role, saying only that he'll vote for whoever has the most support. To share more on the unprecedented removal of the speaker, Margaret Brennan from Face the Nation joined Odyssey. Well, for those who say, oh, Washington dysfunction, nothing new, this is completely new. This is completely unprecedented. No speaker has ever been ousted in American history, period, full stop. We are in uncharted territory. We are in a position right now where Congress is completely paralyzed. They cannot move any legislation until there is a new Speaker of the House elected. And right now, that has to happen against the backdrop of a civil war within the Republican Party. Right now, we have two declared candidates, one of them, Jim Jordan of Ohio. He's the chair of the House Judiciary Committee. He was endorsed by Donald Trump. Uh, He is someone who claims he can unite the party, but clearly he's reaching out to the hard right flank of it. And it is that hard right flank that led to the downfall of Kevin McCarthy just within the past week. We also have Steve Scalise, who is the majority leader currently, already in leadership, who is running to try to become the next speaker. Neither can win without getting 217 more votes, right? 218 is the magic number they have to get to. So we will see what happens. And to put it in broader context, first the Civil War has to be sorted out, and then they have to figure out how to fund the government in less than 40 days. It's just crazy. When you talk to some of these lawmakers privately and, you know, different members of Congress, Do they shake their heads on this at all? Do they get frustrated? Because, you know, just as voters and people out here in Minnesota, we think, what the heck is going on over there? Yes, there's deep frustration. There's uh, resentment on the Republican side of the aisle that Democrats delivered the votes necessary to that hard right flank of the Republican Party that tried to oust and successfully did oust Kevin McCarthy. That was a rebellion led by the hard right flank against the Republican speaker, but they had to get to 218, and Democrats were the ones who drove that stake through his heart by delivering those votes. So there's resentment that Democrats did that. 
there's concern about who comes next, what that means, the disarray that follows. On the Democratic side of the aisle, Democrats would say they were left with no choice because they saw an interview just last weekend on Face the Nation where the Speaker of the House came on and rather than embracing moderates, rather than staying the majority of the Republican caucus voted to fund the government, rather than saying Democrats agreed to vote for it, which they did, he instead rejected bipartisanship and went on the attack against Democrats. And Democrats after that said, well, you're gone. We can't trust you. So that's where we are. And it's an interesting choice. Whoever becomes the next speaker has to decide whether they neutralize the rebels within the Republican Party or whether they embrace them. And to date, no one has said they're able to neutralize them. Gates has said that if he's expelled from Congress over his decision to lead the removal of McCarthy, then it was worth it. He said that he was fighting for his constituents and to ensure that America is not on a path to financial ruin. Still, the removal of McCarthy has left a hole in Congress, and Republicans, who hold a slim majority in the House, are clearly divided on who they want to be the next speaker. Ryan Schmelz is the Washington, D.C. correspondent for Fox News. He joined Odyssey to discuss the race that's already underway in the House. We don't have a speaker right now in the House of Representatives. And now who's in line? Who do you think is going to take the job? We're looking at Steve Scalise uh, running officially. We're looking at Jim Jordan running officially. So you have the majority whip or the majority leader, which is Scalise, and then Jordan, who chairs the Judiciary Committee. And then, according to a source, Kevin Hearn, who runs the Republican Study Committee, is calling every single Republican in the conference and then going to decide if he's going to be running for the speakership. So there's a number of factors playing in here and a number of candidates we could be seeing. And we're starting to see the endorsements line up, too. The first one you mentioned, uh, he's a gentleman who was shot a couple of years ago, right? Yes. And right now he's battling cancer. He has blood cancer. So uh, that was a big question mark. Would he be healthy (laughs) enough to run? It looks like, according to him, he is. My partner Ted was pointing out a moment ago that uh, what about line of succession? Because after the president, there's a vice president if something happens. And after the vice president, Speaker of the House, we don't have a speaker. What happens then? Patty Murray is in the Senate right now, the third in line to the president. She is the Senate pro tempore. And I would have just had that explained to me. So she would be the person who takes over if something were to happen to the president and vice president as of right now. Then there's the, there's another caveat, and that you don't even have to be in the House of Representatives to be the Speaker of the nope. House. <laughs> and that's why Donald J. Trump is being floated as a potential pick. Troy Nels from Texas is pushing this. He said he's got a couple people on board with him. But according to Republican conference rules, he cannot be it because if you have a, a pending federal indictment against you, according to the Republican Party, you cannot be Speaker of the House. How do they decide? Is there a vote of the House on whoever the person may be? There's a couple ways they can go about this. What they could do is have the vote behind closed doors and then decide, okay, whatever person gets the majority, we're all going to back him. Or they could just go to the floor and have another speaker's race. And then if, in fact, the vote split, then they'd have to vote again. So there's a number of ways this could go. It could be chaotic like it was during the McCarthy rounds. But, you know, there could be a situation that if the party's on the same page and those whose whose candidate does not win are willing to accept the winner, then likely they would all just get on board and vote for that person and get back to work. The move has split Republican voters as solidly as it's cleaved the House itself. Recent polling from CBS News and YouGov has found that 53% of Republicans supported removing McCarthy from his position, while 47% did not. 
Additionally, 25% said the move would be good for the country, and 23% said it would be bad, 51% said it wouldn't change. And like most things in American politics these days, the specter of former President Donald Trump looms over the fissure as well. When it comes to what they want from the next Speaker of the House, the poll found that a majority of Republicans, 59%, prefer that the Speaker is loyal to former President Trump. Trump even seemed to throw his own hat in the ring, telling reporters before entering the courthouse for his $250 million civil fraud trial that a lot of people have been calling him about the Speaker position. He said he would do whatever is best for the country and the Republican Party and the people. CBS News congressional correspondent Scott McFarlane joined Odyssey in New York City and shared more on Trump's role in the race for the Speaker. Scott, how much weight does an endorsement from Donald Trump carry among House Republicans? Some, but it's not a silver bullet. And I got that guidance from one of Jim Jordan's biggest allies, Congressman Mike Carey of Ohio, says it certainly helps secure more endorsements, but it's not going to be a universal. And I think he's referring to a lot of those New York City area Republicans who won districts that were won by President Biden in 2020. There's going to have to be more outreach by Congressman Jordan and his opponent in this race, Majority Leader Steve Scalise, to win over those moderate Republicans, those from the suburbs and those representing more you know, liberal areas than the deep red spots Jim Jordan specializes in. Let's talk about Steve Scalise, Majority Leader in the House among Republicans. He was number two behind Kevin McCarthy. He would seem you know, if there's any sort of hierarchy, to be the next in line. But it doesn't work that way, does it? It used to work that way. It's a little different now, apparently. Steve Scalise was number two to Kevin McCarthy, which means he has a coalition that he's already built. He has leadership experience, which would be important as a Speaker of the House. But he also has a distinctive ability to fundraise. That's what a lot of this job is, raising money for the party and your candidates. Steve Scalise is a track record of that. Jim Jordan does not. It's a real even race right now. Steve Scalise is also battling cancer. Does that play into the equation at all? One of his uh, surrogates told me that he asked Steve Scalise point blank, are you up for this? And Scalise says, yes, my doctors have cleared me, my wife has cleared me, and I'm ready for this moment. Steve Scalise has been waiting for this race for quite some time. He's undergoing pretty aggressive cancer treatments, but he's assured his colleagues he's up for this fight. He also, of course, survived an assassination attempt six years ago in that mass shooting on the ball field in Virginia. So Jim Jordan and Steve Scalise are the two big names that have already said they will pursue the speakership. Are there other potential candidates waiting in the wings? Perhaps someone who's not as well known, maybe some young blood, maybe one of the, the problem seekers. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, problem solvers. <laughs> we got problem, problem seekers, seekers would be here. the majority in the House right now. I think, <laughs> I think there's going to be extra names that come into this before it's all said and done. Scalise and Jordan have enough support already to preclude the other from winning 218 votes. Democrats aren't going to vote for these guys. So is there somebody who can build a broader coalition once these two punch themselves out trying to defeat the other? Democrats have stayed out of what many have termed the GOP civil war in the House of Representatives. But some Republicans themselves have been highly critical of the ongoing chaos. New York Republican Representative Mike Lawler shared on social media that removing McCarthy midterm was idiotic, and now that Israel is facing an all-out attack, it's dangerous. Many couldn't help but note the irony that McCarthy won the speakership in January by making numerous concessions to that group of hard-right Republicans, one of which allowed a motion to vacate the speaker's role to be called by a single member. 
So the procedure that he endorsed to earn enough support to become speaker ended up stripping him of his position. And now he's warning against the ongoing feasibility of that rule as the hunt for a speaker unfolds again. For the idea that you allow eight people to continue to do that with no consequences, no one's going to be successful, he said. This show is produced by Joe Heady, Christy Strauser, Myron Kaplan, and Bill Smee. I'm Lauren Barry, and I want to say thanks for listening to the On Deadline podcast, Odyssey's deeper look at a top news story just for you. Subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcast to stay informed. 